Welcome back, everybody, to the All Day ABA podcast. My name is Kayla, and my mission is to make behavior analysis fun and accessible for clients, students, and even supervisors. Don't forget that you can check out the show notes at alldayaba.org to find all of the links to all of the things that we discussed today. And today, I brought on Becca Davis from Becca's Music Room to talk about earning passive income on Teachers Pay Teachers. So let's talk a little bit about what Teachers Pay Teachers is and the fact that you do not actually have to be a teacher in order to sell on this platform. Yeah, okay, well, hello. First of all, thank you, Kayla, for having me. So excited. Um, so Teachers Pay Teachers is an online platform. I usually compare it to Etsy because that's like the easiest way for people to understand it. So it's kind of like Etsy, but for teachers and all digital products. So there's no physical products. It is all PDFs, Google Slides, that kind of stuff that's all digital and over the internet. So teachers or other, you know, educational people can post resources that you can use with your class onto Teachers Pay Teachers and other people can go and purchase. It makes things really easy and it's a really fun platform to be a part of. And I know you're not in the behavioral field, but you obviously have experience with classroom behavior management. And I brought you on because I've talked a lot to my audience about passive income. And there are a lot of people in positions of RBTs who maybe aren't making a lot to make ends meet. And especially during, you know, this recession depression that we're going through, I figured it would be really good for people who are already making stimuli and educational resources to find out like how to do that for themselves and make money in the process. So let's talk about what got you started into teaching and then what got you started into Teachers Pay Teachers. Okay, well, I started teaching wise. I just went to college and I didn't really have a good plan for what I wanted to do because I am a person of many interests, which has not gotten better as I've gotten older. If anything, it's gotten worse. And so I just started and took some classes. And one thing that I took was choir because I loved choir. And so of course I wanted to join choir and in joining choir, I, you know, started being friends with some of the music people in there, like music majors and some of the music faculty and ended up deciding that music education might be a good path for me. Um, and definitely was, I have absolutely fallen in love with it. I love teaching kids music. We have so much fun and it's just so nice to be able to be like the the fun and also like teach in a way that is exciting and fun. So that's kind of how I stumbled into that. As far as like my teachers pay teachers journey, I actually started as a blogger my first year because um, I don't know how college is for y'all, but when we were in college, we um, had to take, you know, a bajillion different classes because music teachers are certified K through 12, band, orchestra, choir, all the things. And that meant that I had one class about elementary music in my entire four years. Wow. And that's what I do full time now. And so it just like that kind of, you know, blows your mind, the lack of information that we have been able to get available. And it's not the college's fault. But what happens a lot of times is not just that, but oftentimes you get people who plan to be a band director or a choir director and end up teaching elementary because that's the only position available. Um, and so I was looking around at all these new teachers that were the same year as I was, and I just felt so much like more ahead of them a little bit because I did plan to be an elementary teacher. I like did my student teaching in elementary and I 
teach, um, I teach Sunday school every single Sunday for years and years and years and did all through college. So I was a little bit more prepared than most of, you know, the like flute players that ended up teaching elementary music. Um, so because I saw that and I just like was so frustrated with the lack of helpful resources that you were able to find, I ended up starting a blog and I did a blog for a whole year, just anything that was helpful, talking about being a first year teacher, all of that. And then the next year I started doing more stuff in my classroom that I was making and I wanted to be able to share those things. Um, and I needed a good way to, first of all, just get it into people's hands. And secondly, um, it's a lot of work to make all of these resources. And so as I started doing it, I was like, man, I don't know that I want to give it all away for free because I just spent like three weeks working on this thing. Um, and so that kind of led me to Teachers Pay Teachers where I found kind of the perfect mix of I'm able to help people and also sell resources and it just kind of works out nicely. That's awesome. So why should educators and related professionals start their own passive income stream? Um, well, first of all, it is no secret that we are very much underpaid. Um, which is especially ironic because most of us are very overqualified with advanced degrees and all of those things. And so that's, you know, no secret here in the U.S. that that is an issue. Um, on top of that, most of us are doing a lot of our own stuff anyway and making our own resources. And so you're already putting in all this work and not getting paid very much for it and not getting paid overtime. If you work any extra, then you're, you know, contract 40 hours. And so passive income is kind of the perfect combination of like, let's take what you're already doing and make a little bit more money so that we can kind of boost that up. And I know that in my life, it has honestly been easier to be a teacher because, you know, finances has become an easier thing since starting Teachers Pay Teachers, and I'm definitely less stressed about it, which means that I am able to stay in, you know, my teaching positions and stuff like that, even though we're not making tons of money. Well, and I really like that with passive income, you make something once and you don't have to touch it ever again. You can go back and update it, which I do, but you just make something once and then it's up there forever. And that's one thing I really love is that the growth like isn't just based on the amount of time you put into it, you make it once and then it can earn for forever. And I think that's really cool, especially for people who are pressed for time, which teachers and you know speech therapists and people in the behavioral field are all really pressed for time. And so if you're only making something once, I love that you can get it into more hands and you don't have to, for digital downloads, make it over and over again. You can just make it once. Um, so for people who would be brand new to passive income, what three to five beginner tips do you have for a teacher or even a non-teacher for getting started earning passive income? Well, my number one tip would be to get started with what you're already doing. Most of us are interested in, you know, things like teachers pay teachers or similar things because we're already doing something. So start with that. So you're not spending a whole bunch of extra time on like completely new things. Um, that would be my very first tip. My second one would be go through that resource and make sure that it is kind of like ready to go to teachers or, you know, other behavioral people. Um, because what we need is not necessarily what other people need. So when I make my resource for my class, I then go through and I look at it and I say, okay, 
what are some things that other teachers might like? What are some versions they might prefer? Like, is there anything I need to adjust um, so that they can use it easily? Along with that, make sure you have very, 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 very clear directions so that people are not confused. And my general rule of thumb is the more complex a product, the more you wanna explain it so that people are not confused. If it's like a worksheet, that's pretty simple. But anything that involves cutting, pasting, any extra stuff, you wanna make sure it's very clear how to use it. Um, my next one would be don't get stuck in trying to make it perfect because it will never be perfect. And we just have to accept that. So um, a general rule of thumb, I was reading a book, it's called Working Backwards, and it's all about um, Amazon and how Amazon runs. And, and there they were talking about Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, had a quote that said, get things about 70% done. And I liked that. He was like, you'd like it to be 90%, but 70 is more realistic. So for sure. whatever you, yeah. So don't get stuck in the perfectionistic phase because people can get really kind of frozen on like actually getting things out there. Done is always better than perfect. And one of my favorite things about passive income is you can always go back and change it. Yeah. So if you don't like it or you want to change something later or it's not 100% how you want it, you can always go back and change it later. So it's not like one time and then that's all you have you can always go back and change it and so i always tell myself like oh i can go back and change it and i usually don't <laughs> but usually it's good enough as it is yeah my first resources i literally you and there's nothing wrong with using microsoft word for resource creation but for me i made these cheap little things that just did not look good and i didn't have a copyright on anything and i just did not know what i was doing and so yeah there are ways to avoid that like taking courses like yours which we'll talk about in a little bit but it's not a bad thing to start ugly because everybody starts there even even if you start with a course or something that walks you through it it's okay that your first things are not going to end up being your best work they may end up being your best sellers but they're really not going to be your finalized best work because ideally we're all progressing and improving as time goes on so getting to your courses um and your email list. Tell us about joining your email list and getting that roadmap to our first $1,000 and then about the courses that you offer. Of course. So when you go about the passive income route, you can just, you know, throw some things up and then leave them. But if you do want to make more substantial money down the road and want to have more of like a business situation, then you do want to make sure that you're, you know, working a little extra and it helps to have a little bit of a roadmap so that's why i created the free roadmap to your first thousand dollars on teachers pay teachers and it just takes you through all of the steps so that you kind of know like what you need to do next because that can be really hard when you're just you know in your room by yourself you and your laptop and you're just like i don't know what to do so it helps you just kind of guiding through like when would be a good time to start an email list when would be a good time to um, start on social media, when should you focus solely on products? Those things are really important so that you can just kind of focus on one thing at a time so it's not like super stressful. So I imagine Kayla will be able to give you a link to that, right? Yep, I will put it in the show notes. 
Excellent. It will be in the show notes. Um, and then I do have a couple of TBT courses, which of course you don't have to take, but if you want someone to kind of help you out with, especially those beginning phases, that is what they're designed for. So I have, um, three, two that you'd probably be more interested in. The first one is called sell your resources from the ground up. And it's literally like how to open your shop, how to make a logo, how to make your first product, like very, very basic things so that you can just kind of get off the ground. The second one is the most popular one and that's called level up your teacher business. And that one is more kind of like next steps and how to literally level up your teacher business and take it to the next level as far as working on things like marketing, how to like list your product really, really well so that people will want to purchase it. Um, we talk about email lists in there, like all that kind of stuff. And then the last one is about blogging. So not quite as related, but very much a passion project of mine. <laughs> so well, and I think a lot of people that own, you know, ABA clinics or even or just like pediatric clinics, there are ways to use a blog to bring in money, even if you're not selling digital downloads. So for those of you that are, you know, listening to this podcast, if you own your own business, even if you're not planning on making worksheets, like you can use a blog to like put out more information about your services and like what you do and like steps to doing things. And so the blogging course might be good for people, even if, you know, they're not interested in teachers pay teachers. Yes. I would actually say, especially if you're not interested in that and you're just looking at kind of like building your um, business up a little bit, blogging would definitely be the way to go because you can talk about topics that people are searching for in Google and they're looking for answers that you are knowledgeable about. And then you can, you know, share their answers even to the point my mom took my blogging course and she owns a tax business. And so she has started her tax blog where she, you know, helps people with different tax questions, things that pop up. And she's currently going through like a small business series. And so that's been really helpful to get people onto her website, answering questions. And then also once they're on her website, you know, if they have a question or they need more help, they can contact her and set up an appointment that way. Well, and I think lots of us have, you know, frequently asked questions no matter what field we're in. So a blog is a great place that you can answer all of those. And so if someone asks a question, instead of having to type out your answer over and over and over again, you can copy and paste a link. And I think that is one of my favorite time-saving things. I, I probably need to even do better about like the FAQs and using that as like a blogging content tool. Um, yeah, no, blogging is blogging is fantastic. Um, yeah. I'm going to throw a bonus question in uh, that was not on our list of questions, but let's talk about your favorite classroom behavior management tools and what you love to do to manage behaviors, because I'm sure there are some people that are in classrooms who are listening and may be like, oh, yeah, no, a lot of the behavioral stuff that most ABA people talk about doesn't apply to classrooms because it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, so I, you know, obviously I'm not an ABA person. However, um, I am in an extra fun school and with my extra fun school has come a lot of learn as you go classroom management strategies. And especially as a music teacher, I see all of the children and I deal with all of the classes, all of the behaviors, everything. So I actually just finished up filming a video all about classroom management. So it's like fresh on my mind. Perfect. Um, my biggest things 
are, of course, you want to build relationships with the students. That's like absolute number one. Number two, my little hack is just to make your class as interesting as possible. So make sure the kids are doing things and switch activities often because when they get bored is typically when they start to act up. So the more interested they are, that also doubles as in my classroom, it's always if you are not following directions and following being respectful, being responsible and being a participant, those are our four rules. If you're not doing those things, then you don't get to participate in all of our fun things. So if my class is really fun, then they want to participate. So therefore they are more likely to follow directions because they want to participate. Um, Next up, make sure my, I always make sure everything is super, super structured. So anytime we're gonna do an activity, we don't just like go for it. If we are doing like maybe a song where we're moving around the room, we'll start with the song in their seats so they can hear it a few times. We might like keep the beat and then we might do the action standing up in their spot. And then we might do the action like walking in a circle and then we might move around the room. So I really kind of tear it. And if at any point I feel that the class is not going to be successful, I just leave it there. So I'm totally fine with, if we can't all move around the room, that is totally fine. Um, where was I? <laughs> Anything else? You can stop me at any time because I can No, you're good. These are all really <laughs> awesome tips because they're practical because again, like a lot of people that are probably listening, there are some who are working one-on-one -on -one with kids and not that that's easier to do, but it's just a totally different environment in classrooms trying to manage group behavior is like its own whole ball game. And especially when you're dealing with administrative rules and like what you can and can't do, which is are important, but you have to like work within the system that you're in. And so I think those are some really good tips. And you do a lot of, you create a lot of movement activities, which I think are awesome. Yes, I do it for that reason. If at any point I know we're going to need to like sit and actually pay attention, I always pair it with something like super active movement related before. Um, and typically we'll do like super active movement related and then we'll sit down and we always take like three deep breaths. And I find that that's like a really good and easy transition into something else because it kind of, you know, brings them down a little bit and it's really simple. It doesn't take a long time, but we do that like all throughout class. And then we'll do something where they have to pay a lot more attention, but I always pair it with something that's a lot more movement based so that we're not, you know, jumping out of our skin. Right. Tell us a little bit about how you incorporate books into teaching, because that's another thing I know you've done a lot is incorporate books into learning. Yes, I love incorporating books into learning because especially as a music teacher, I find that we have the unique perspective of we can make it really, really fun. And I love reading. So I really want the kids to love reading. Um, so I try that pretty much any time that I can. If I find a story that is related to like maybe a song that we're doing, I look for ways that we can incorporate it. Um, some of my favorite things to do are like, sometimes we'll add a chant to it. So we were reading the book um, Rumble in the Jungle in my like summer camp the other day. And so we added a little chant that goes, rumble, rumble, rumble in the jungle. And we just, every page we would like read the story and then we would add that in and then read the story and add that in. And then we added instruments to make it even more interesting. If you are, you know, not an instrument person, you could just like, they love beating on the desks. So much fun. Um, just any time that they can like make noise is going to be, love a, it. yeah, they're gonna They're going to love it. Um, another thing I like to do is extracting some of the words out of the text 
and using that to like make up a little chant that we can say or figuring out the rhythms or stuff like that. So there's lots of things you can do if you just, you know, not that we have tons of time, but if you have a few minutes where you can sit down and really think like there's, there's lots of fun things you could do with that. Well, and one of my favorite types of resources that you make is where kids have to like compose their own songs. And for non-music teachers, there are fun ways to do that. Like, especially if you're incorporating books into learning, like I know a lot of speech therapists do, you can have kids like make their own stories or make their own little poems. And I think that kind of gives the kids a lot of room for creativity and especially if they're, you know, hyped up and kind of like wiggling around a lot, giving them something to like focus on and create, even if you're not able to like do movement stuff 24 seven, hopefully people are able to do a lot of movement stuff if they're working with kids. But if there are times that a kid has to be, you know, sitting, letting them, you know, have something that they can create that they can really like put their brain into, I think is, you know, really fun. Yeah. If you are like classroom teacher and you're looking for something easy, that's a great one to do. Just go through a book. And I'm thinking like, um, there was an old woman who swallowed a fly. There's a version. My favorite version is there was an old mermaid who swallowed a shark. Oh, so I haven't read that one. It's the best one. Um, but so like, we'll read through that and we'll take out all the different things that she swallowed and we'll like arrange them in different patterns to make different songs. And then you can extract that and make like a poem out of it. Um, but there's lots of, you know, simple ways like that, that you can really make it fun. Well, I'm, I'm even just thinking about like, you could make like a sequencing chart if someone needs to work on like retelling a story or telling things in order. There's just so many ways to take like a skill and to make it a fun thing to learn about like and I think a lot of people struggle with how to do that and I think you and I are really good at like coming up with creative ways to you know teach different things so I think that's really fun um was there anything else that you wanted to talk about while we're here um I think those were my main things can I give a couple of like really tactical product making tips real quick yes absolutely okay. So if you are making a product that you're going to list, like a digital download situation, um, like Kayla mentioned, we're not going to use Microsoft Word because in Microsoft Word, if you change anything, like add another word, it like changes the whole formatting. So instead, go to PowerPoint. I have a Mac, so I use Keynote because I'm cheap and that one came free. Um, and so the main advantage to that is that you can move things around really easily and it makes the format much simpler than on Microsoft Word where things change. So in that, I still will put like text boxes and stuff like that, but you can also add borders and things like that to make it just a little bit cuter. Um, that's not the end goal because obviously the content's more important, but you know, we like things that are pretty. So do, you know, try something to make it a little bit prettier. Um, Kayla also mentioned putting your copyright on the bottom. So if you create something, you own the copyright for that thing because you created it. So if you are making a product, I always put at the bottom the little like parenthesis C, the year, and then my name, and sometimes my website, depending on what it is. Like I don't usually put the website if it's something the kids are doing, but if it's like a slideshow, I put my website on there. And that is just one little way that you can help protect your resource when you're creating it. Um, and then you wanna export that as a PDF so that that will also help protect your resource. Um, if you want it to be editable, you can export it as images put the images into a new PowerPoint, and then you can add text boxes and that will again protect your parts of the product. 
I like to do batching, which is when I make a couple of products at the same time. So I'll pick a couple of similar things that I will do at the same time. Um, sometimes I make product lines, so it'll be like one activity, but with different levels. So like I teach music, I'll have like easy rhythms and then like second grade rhythms and fourth grade rhythms and stuff like that. And that's a really good way to make some extra products without too much extra work because you're kind of already on a roll. You can use the other ones as templates and just kind of copy and paste all throughout. So without getting super deep in the weeds or scaring anybody, there's a couple of little product creation tips for you. Yeah, differentiation is, you know, being pushed a lot right now, which is a good thing. And so that makes it really easy to make, you know, a few different products all at once. You might be making the same exact product, but differentiating it for different levels. And you can sell that separately so that if a teacher has, you know, kids that need a certain level, they can purchase that. Um, I personally use Canva for product creation and I have found that to be really helpful. And the nice thing about that is if you have a PC or a Mac, you can use that. I know a lot of people use Keynote. I just find it so clunky, like, and maybe I just haven't explored it enough, but yeah, I am a huge, huge Canva fan. Well, to be honest, my, I used to use PowerPoint and then my laptop died and I, it took like a month to get a new one. And so in the meantime, I had an iPad and the PowerPoint on iPad is really difficult to use. But I found that the keynote on iPad was not too hard. So I started using that. And then when I got my new computer, I was like, well, let's just try keynote since it's free and we'll see how it goes. And then now I can't remember how to use PowerPoint when I'm like, <laughs> At school trying to make something on my PC, I'm like, I don't know what anything is. Like, I literally bring my laptop to school because I just can't function with theirs. Yep. Um, where are all the places that we can find you on the internet and subscribe to you? Because I know that like your YouTube is just a gold mine. And anytime I have someone that's like, where do I go to start to learn about any of this? I'm like, go to Becca Davis. And I'm I'm cheating by saying that ahead of you saying that but uh yeah i just i think your content is top-notch stellar super helpful so tell us all the places we can find you well first of all thank you you're welcome secondly i am like all of the places because like i said i have all of the interests so the main one that would be the most helpful is my youtube channel it is just becca davis you can just search becca davis tpt and i will pop right up and i have like an obscene amount of videos talking all about teachers pay teachers, how to make products, how to list your products, how to make logos, how to make covers, like everything that you need is on there. You can find it. Um, so that's going to be the number one place to go. I also have um, on Instagram, I share some stuff over there as well. It's at becca.e.davis. I know that's super obnoxious, so I do apologize, but you know, I didn't pick my name, so you can be mad at my parents or my husband. That's okay, um, mine's All Day ABA Company, because All Day ABA had gotten taken like literally a month before I started my Instagram, no. so you are not the only one. Oh, that's so painful, so painful. Yeah, so then if you are a like music person instead in you, or you're just interested in that, I do also have a blog and a YouTube channel and an Instagram for that stuff. It's all Becca's music room, which makes life nice and easy. Um, and that's where you can find me on TBT as well. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on again. I will put all the links to all the things in the show notes, um, go to alldayaba.org and you will see a little thing at the top and it says podcast show notes, and then you touch it. And then it says season one, and this is season one, episode three for anybody who is wondering. And yeah, I really appreciate you coming on and hopefully we will help people to make even just, you know, a couple extra hundred dollars a month, but hopefully millions. I want everybody to make millions and to live the life of their dreams. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to connecting with all of you. So come, come talk to me. Thank you. Bye. Bye.